Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Alrighty, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, episode number two for today, Wednesday the 26th of May, or as we call it, Double Shot Wednesday. As I said yesterday on the podcast, didn't record one on Monday and didn't record one on Friday based on uh, coaching sessions and workshops and all things in between. So I uh, needed to catch up and make sure we keep the momentum going and making sure we're on average of about five podcast episodes Per week. So, as this is a sales and sales leadership podcast all about the exceptional sales leader, I wanted to take this opportunity this afternoon to talk a little bit more about sales. And the topic of this will be Are you continuing to take shots? Now, despite many salespeople and sales leaders complicating it, I think the best salespeople are the ones that can keep it really, really simple. And certainly, this goes for sales leaders as well, because I've seen a lot of sales leaders completely overcomplicate the overly simplistic, tie themselves up in knots, but at the same time, tie their sales team up in knots. And God forbid what would happen then to the customers and how they look at you. So sales doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, the art of sales is actually founded in some common and basic principles. And when you think about it, and I've talked about this a lot, not just to sales teams, but I think I've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast as well, that sales at its at its basic form is really about problem solving. If we can articulate the problem and if we can articulate the problem better than a prospective customer can articulate the problem and using their language, then unconsciously they will attribute you as having a possible solution to their problem. Now, when that happens, all of a sudden there's a match and you would be obligated to give them a solution to that problem and they would be probably obligated to take that solution. That, in its essence is the art of sales. I also talk a lot about the fact that sales is also the ultimate form of service. Now, when I say that to a lot of people, they kind of cringe and look at me quite strangely and think, well, my experience of sales, and this is often when I'm speaking to non-sales people or people who have this uh, different interpretation of what sales is, and often that is based on experience from somebody in their family who's been like a door-to-door salesperson or in real estate or uh, used cars or whatever the case might be. They have this fixation on what sales is. And it's almost like this snake oil salesman type persona where they're flogging your product or trying to get you to buy things that you don't want. And they'll use all these different clothes and be careful what you're wearing on your fingers because they'll try and slip the rings off your fingers and try and steal stuff. It's all rubbish. It is absolute rubbish. In fact, I mentioned real estate and car sales. Some of the greatest salespeople come from those particular industries and there are some people who are extraordinary salespeople who are both selling cars, both new and used, and also selling real estate. It comes down to the art form and how they go about it because the great salespeople have those two key principles in place that I mentioned at the start of this episode. One, it's all about problem solving and two, it is literally the ultimate form of service. Now, here's the thing, and I've been in sales for, as you know, 20, 20 plus years and 10 years of which I was running sales teams in two organizations. And what I've seen is that too many salespeople, I had a lot of this in uh, in the companies that I was working for, and I've since seen this a lot in organizations that I do work with as well, and that's too many salespeople, and by, de- uh, by default, too many sales leaders searching for the easy 
road. They're searching for the path of least resistance. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of stories that I could share on the podcast, but we'd be here for weeks. Suffice to say, there's a number of people who uh, perhaps take the whole sales game for granted. They expect everything to be delivered to them on a silver platter. They don't want to work hard. In fact, it's been said that sales is not only one of the oldest, if not the oldest professions, it's also one of the most lucrative professions if you can get really, really good at it. But equally, you've got to be prepared to work hard. You've got to be prepared to do some things that perhaps ordinary people wouldn't be prepared to do, such as face rejection, face failure, face people throwing things at you, potentially, if you're a door-to-door type person, I've had that experience, maybe getting doors slammed in your face or maybe getting hung up on uh, and various sorts of other forms of rejection, which a lot of people don't like to face and to have to contend with. And therefore, it's one of the things that put them off going into a sales career. And that's perfectly fine because just like any career, it's not going to be perfect for every single person, but it can be a very, very lucrative career if you can actually stay in the game and if you can take the shots that we're going to be talking about today. So let's talk about, first of all, the, the sales people and the sales leaders that searching for the easy road. And I've got a lot of, as I said, I've got a lot of examples that I can share with this, but just, just think about this. They often will do the following thing. What they'll do is they'll expect marketing and the marketing team to hand deliver the leads. They believe that the heavy lifting should be done by the organization and that the leads delivered to them not only need to be red hot, they need to be absolutely super qualified. And it reminds me of a sales executive I had working for me many years ago. And I was only relatively new to the sales leadership game. And I was sitting down having a conversation with this person within the first 90 days of me starting the sales leadership gig. And uh, I was literally, if you had a camera on me, you probably saw the camera would well, it would have been showing me with my uh, mouth open completely a gasp in terms of what this person was actually saying to me in terms of their philosophy on selling. Essentially, and I'm, I'll, I'll just paraphrase here, but essentially this particular individual believed that he was there to simply close deals. What he wanted to do is spend all of his time going to customers that had been pre-qualified, that had already guaranteed that they were going to do business with this particular organization, that the leads had already been pre-done, pre-ordained, everything completely qualified, that he all he had to do was go in there and have a conversation with the key contacts, take the paperwork, get the contract signed, and collect the commission. That was his view on how he thought the sales executive role should roll out. Suffice to say, he was so far removed from reality, I actually couldn't help but start laughing at him. Now, that's probably not the best thing to do in the in your first 90 days as a sales leader, but I couldn't help myself because how is this person, who, by the way, had probably had, I reckon, 30, 35 years worth of experience in selling, that he thought that that was the approach that he deserved based on the tenure that he'd spent in the industry. He didn't realize that he actually had to do the work to get the customers to do the qualification, to do that himself, to then earn the right to bring the business into the organization. So there are people out there, and still to this day, I still get this every now and then, that the marketing team, it's their responsibility to bring in the leads. It's their responsibility to do the heavy lifting. It's their responsibility, or it's somebody else's responsibility to do the super qualification so that I can just come in almost like a, a, a legend or a hero on the white horse and then save the day, close the deal, get all the accolades, and Bob's your uncle. There are also sales leaders out there and salespeople that expect a customer to want their product or service without any effort. It's almost like, well, if we have if we have the best product in the marketplace, then shouldn't customers just be falling over each other to come and talk to me and knock down my door and want to purchase from me? Well, it doesn't work like that either. 
they also expect their sales leader to be deeply involved in the sales process. And this is a big one. And this is something I experienced firsthand many, many times. And I fell into a trap in the first 90 days of my sales leadership career. And that I had salespeople who were expecting me to not only be involved in the sales process, they were also expecting me to run the sales process. So they didn't want to make a decision. They wanted the benefits, they wanted the accolades, they wanted the commission, but they weren't prepared to do the work, manage the negotiations, deal with some of the objections that we had to deal with, and therefore um, they just wanted to get the, the prize at the end of it. You've also got people who don't ask for feedback. And when they do get feedback, they do not implement feedback. And often there are salespeople and sales leaders out there that simply stop taking the shots when it gets too hard. So if the, if the road is not easy, if the leads don't come super qualified, they'll often stop taking shots until things change where it does become a little bit easier. Now, this may be a cliche, but nonetheless, it is 100% true. And that is that sales is a numbers game. It is an activity game and it is a consistency game. Now, the salespeople and the sales leaders who end up winning are the ones who continue to take the shots. And this is the big difference. The ones that are prepared to do whatever it takes and then the other ones are expected everything to be fed to them on a silver platter. So what are the, what's the difference? Well, the ones that end up winning, both salespeople, sales teams, and certainly sales leaders, are the ones who do things differently. Now, here's what they do do. Now, this is not by any means an exhaustive list, and I'm sure you might have some your own perspectives, some insights, and may, maybe even based on your own experiences. But here's just a list of some of the things that the exceptional leaders do, the exceptional salespeople do, and the ones that ultimately end up winning the game of sales. And these are in no particular order of importance, but I think they're equally important. And the ones that do this well are the ones that ultimately will win. First thing is... Great salespeople and great sales leaders are feedback-seeking machines. They're always seeking feedback. They're always looking for feedback. They're also reflecting on what's working and what's not working and self-reflecting. And this is a key differentiator between those who are successful over the long period of time and those who are not. They will invest time at the end of each day and they'll reflect on what happened during that day. What did they do well? What did they do not as well? Where are the gaps and how can I start plugging those gaps so that they can get better tomorrow than they were today? And so feedback is a core, core attribute of great, successful salespeople and sales leaders. Now, with feedback, not only do they get feedback from themselves, they get feedback from their peers, they get feedback from their direct reports, they get feedback from their managers, and more specifically, they get feedback from their customers. They're not afraid to ask a customer who perhaps says no to them as to why they said no. What was it about the pitch, the way they pitched it, anything they can provide them in terms of feedback, they treat that like gold. The other thing they do as well is they'll conduct what we call win reviews as well. So when a customer does come on board, when the customer does say yes and purchase a product or a service, they want to know what was it about the pitch or the way we did it that enticed them to say yes. And so all of that is feedback that they can put into their kit bag to use and get better every single day. They're always preparing themselves for the next shot. So they're always thinking about preparation, preparation, preparation. They're never, ever resting on their laurels. They know they've never, ever arrived because there's always another level to get to. And they know, based on the old adage that John Wooden used to say, when there's a knock on the door of opportunity, it is far too late to start preparing because the preparation must be done before the door of opportunity has a knock on it. So they always prepare themselves. They're preparing themselves for the next conversation. They're preparing themselves for the next email. They're preparing themselves for the next pitch. What they also do is they focus on technique, but more importantly, they focus on the implementation of the technique. And this comes back to feedback as well. And I remember years ago, I used to be a golf, a golf nut. In fact, I haven't played golf for probably 13 years. 
And I used to get golf lessons, and one of the challenging uh, aspects of my game was getting out of bunkers. Uh, when I was on the green, it was pretty good because I was a pretty good putter, a pretty good uh, short short game as well. But when it came to getting out of bunkers, I was horrendous. And so I needed to get some lessons, and I, and I learned the appropriate technique. Now, the more I practiced that technique, the better I got at bunker shots to the point where my confidence levels got to such a high level that it didn't worry me anymore about getting into bunkers. Now, irrespective of whether the bunker was a shallow one or whether it had a really deep bunker with a big lip on it, it didn't really bother me because I knew I had the technique in order to be able to get out safely out of that bunker. Now, here's the difference, though, because the, often the poor salespeople will focus on technique, but they focus on poor technique, and they keep repeating the poor technique. It's really important as part of feedback to get somebody who has been there, done that, who has runs on the board, who knows the best way to actually approach a certain situation and to teach you that technique and to give you feedback based on the implementation of that technique. So it's really, really important. This is what great salespeople and great sales leaders will do they will focus on the implementation of a good technique and build some consistency around that. They also understand that sales is about numbers. It's about qualification. It is about service. It is not about having the opportunities being spoon-fed or handed to you on a silver platter. The great sales leaders and great salespeople who are winning the game of sales are always those who are self-sufficient and they are relentless with their time. You cannot get into their diary unless you've got something very, very specific in terms of value to be able to add to them. They do not want to be spoon-fed. They are independent in their thinking. They're not expecting people to do the work for them. They know that the work must be done by themselves, and that includes qualification and earning the right to serve the customer. Now, that's not to say they won't involve people who perhaps have a level of experience who can help them with a sales process or help them with a negotiation. But the difference with these guys compared to the ones that expected to be spoon-fed to them is they don't sit back waiting for others to take over. Great salespeople and great sales leaders will take the initiative even though they may not necessarily be as experienced as somebody else. They will still take the initiative because they recognize that imperfect implementation is better than waiting for the perfect plan that never gets implemented. And it's only through the implementation do they start building momentum. And with that momentum and with the feedback that goes with, with the actions, they are looking for ways that they can improve and get better. Even if it's just a one percentage or two percentage points, they know that over time that will deliver some significant results through the daily implementation. But here's where they really set themselves apart from the ones that perhaps just sit back and wait for things to happen. They keep taking shots. When the tough, when the tough times happen, when things don't appear to be going so well, they keep taking shots. It's all about constant and consistent implementation. They persist. They don't worry about necessarily the results. They're looking at how can I continue to build momentum? How can I keep the right technique? How can I improve my technique? But most of all, how can I keep taking shots? Now, a very, very famous golfer, professional golfer from many years ago, a guy called Gary Player, used to say this a lot. And used to say that the harder I work, the luckier I get. And that was all about he kept taking shots. Even through the good times, he kept taking shots. Even through the bad times, he kept taking shots because through the consistency, he knew that he would end up winning more times than he didn't because of the actions that he took. Because at the end of the day, and translate that back to sales, it is a numbers game. So with that, where do you and your sales team sit? Do you have a sales team that is willing to take all the shots and they continue to take the shots? Or do you have a sales team that perhaps is a little bit more hesitant when it comes to doing the things that are necessary and they're not taking as many shots as you'd like them to? or that you know that they're capable of? Or in fact, do you have a couple of individuals within your team who are perhaps not taking as many shots as you would like them to, and therefore you've got to have that conversation or perhaps align them with somebody who is taking 
more shots and have them mentor them, coach them, bring them up to speed and encourage them to take more and more shots. Because as we said at the outset, sales is a numbers game. Sales is not rocket science, but sales can be a very, very lucrative and a very, very rewarding career for those who are prepared to keep taking shots. So that's the key message for today. If you're not taking shots, then you need to start taking shots and keep taking shots. That's all for this episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Look forward to talking to you on the very next episode. Until then, all the very best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.